Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. But uh, this morning, I want to really just talk about the dreamer. Uh, those who dreamed, that's, that's what I want to talk about this morning. And then um, let's just pray right quick. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to get into the word. We thank you for your presence in this place. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. But um, Catherine and I, we went to, uh, I'm just going to set this up and talk and then we'll, we'll just see how it all goes. But Friday night, we were, we had to go, we have uh, my side of the family, um, not my sisters, but my aunts and uncles, if you will, and, um, and then they're, they're, all of our family get together uh, and it, on, that, on that particular date, and it, which was Friday night, and so we went to Alma, which was my hometown, and uh, we went over there and we did the Christmas party. And I told Catherine, I said, that, listen here, I said, now we're going to be out of here by 9 o'clock. I said, because uh, I want to get up and, on Saturday morning and go hunting. And, uh, and so I hadn't been in a few weeks, and I just told her, I said, Grant and I are going to get up and go hunting, so we're going to be out of here at 9 o'clock. I think we got in the car somewhere around 1230. And um, matter of fact, all my aunts and uncles had done went to bed, and I was still preaching. Uh, and so, but, uh, but I'm, I'm so full at what God is saying and I want, I want, I feel a responsibility for my family. Now, all I can do is tell you what God's saying and it's up to you if you want to position your family to get in it or not. And so let me just say this too. And we come from Catherine. She said this statement, this is, uh, uh, you know, uh, we were up on Saturday morning and she said that. She, I'm just going to say, she just said, John, she said that, she said, you just different. And she said, sometimes, she said, sometimes, <laughs> I just wish you wouldn't say everything. Just hold back just a little bit. And then immediately, I mean, tears come in my eyes. And I said, if I couldn't say, if, if, if I couldn't believe for God to do some big things, and if, and if I had to just talk normal, I'd rather go on ahead and leave the earth because this is what keeps me alive. Come on now. And so I want to talk about it this morning because I have positioned my life and this is what I have, uh, have been after since I was uh, 18 years old. And so I want to go right here to Psalms 126 and let me just, uh, and we'll get in here. It says in verse one, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them and the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Let's read it again. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, look at this, we were like those who dreamed. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. There's a season, listen, with your dream that you're going to have to endure when nobody don't understand you. Nobody don't understand the language you speak. Come on, somebody. They don't understand why you dress like you dress or why you act like you lack, why you act the way you act, but because, see, dreamers are different. Come on, somebody. Dreamers are not satisfied with the status quo. Dreamers look at something and other people says, you know, why, why, you know, uh, dreamers just look and say, why can't it, why, why can't it be? Why, why can't it not be? Why can't it not be? Come on. 
And so I go back to my family and then I'm just going to talk with me the season I'm at. You just interpret and fit it in yours, okay? But my family, I come from, uh, uh, you know, we come from builders. We, we, we're just real southern country boys or whatever. So every year I, I put on my flannel shirt. Come on now. Put on my blue jeans and my boots. And I told Catherine, I said, I'm not wearing no flannel shirt and I'm not wearing no boots tonight. Come on now. See, first of all, I'm going to change a mindset. I'm going to change a mindset because in the true identity, I'm not just some southern country boy. Come on now. I'm a king's kid with a dream and a vision to build something. So I put the be- I put my Cole Hans on. Come on now. And, and spliced them up just a little bit. Put the best shirt I had on in the closet. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and we go over there. And I remember this was a while back. This might have been a year ago. Dusty was telling me about when he was up in Atlanta at a funeral with his family. He said, let me tell you something. He said, I shined my shoes before I got up there. I ain't in there to brag, but I am in there to say, look what God has done. Come on, somebody. And if you can believe God for your life, he can pull you out of this small town mentality. And we believe God can do some big things even though we come from some small town. Come on now. All right, so this is it. So in the process of this dream, in the process of this dream, listen, when when unbelievers, listen to this statement, when unbelievers lead the way in invention, in artistic expression, it is because the church has embraced a false kind of spirituality. The way I read the book, Jesus said we ought to be the head. Come on, somebody, and not the tail. Come on now. And when when unbelievers lead the way in invention, in artistic expression, it's because the church has embraced a false kind of spirituality. Now listen to this. If the gospel doesn't translate transfer outside the walls of this church into the marketplace and every part of society it is no gospel at all Jesus did most of his miracles in the marketplace not inside the church and so we, we, we've got a lot of teaching and a lot of training. We finally, we know here that we didn't come to church this morning. Come on, somebody. We are the church outside the walls of this church. The same anointing that's available in this room is available inside of Walmart, Harvey's, or wherever because the king is on the inside of you and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on. Greater is what's on the inside of you than what lies in front of you. All right. Help me out, Stanton. I had to preach. Calm it down. Don't get too rowdy. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 15. Talking about the dreamer. And I got somewhere we're going to go this morning. We're not giving this bike away. You know, we gave a car away a couple weeks ago. The kids are like, they're going to get this bike away. We ain't giving it away. Bike belongs to Judah. He says he's claiming it and taking it home with him. Go to Genesis chapter 15. I just need it this morning. Because I'm talk about something. Let me say this. You got to watch out who you hang around with. I'm preaching this morning right here. Because you, listen, listen, if you want to hang with eagles, you can't hang around with a bunch of folk that, listen, if you want to be an eagle, you cannot hang around with buzzards. You got to get with eagles. Come on now. Listen, and you and, and you and I are not destined to be grounded. Come on, I was never destined to be walking on the earth. I was destined to be soaring. Come on now, with wings of eagles. That's the call of God on our lives. Do y'all believe God for big things? All right, we're going to keep preaching it till we, till we see it. You get what you preach, amen. If you preach miracles, you'll see miracles. If you preach blessing, you'll get blessing. Come on now. 
All right, now, so Abraham, I'm going to talk about the call on Abraham's life. Genesis 15, 1 through 6, right here. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Look at this. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this one shall not be your, your heir, but one will come from your own body shall be your heir. Look at this. Then he brought him outside. Where did he take him outside? Say, the place you ask too small. This, listen. God, help me get this out like this because I'm telling about the bus with it. Sometimes you got to be exposed to something greater so you can think something greater. If all you ever seen is a small town, you don't know what it's like when you get to Atlanta. You got to go drive to Atlanta to see, listen, there's something besides cornfields and pine trees out there. Are you with me now? And so God's always, listen, God will always show you your destiny. He always keeps trying to bring it into your lane. And what he's saying is, Abraham, listen, the place you live in that inside of that tent, if I speak to you in the tent, you won't even believe me. So I'm gonna bring you out of that small place where I can talk to you about your destiny and the things that I have for your life. Get outside of that box of small thinking where you're at, the only thing you see every day. Sometimes if you see the same thing every day, life will become mundane. Come on now. You gotta have vision to see something greater. It was the same thing that Elisha, Elisha was. He was in a mundane life of every day plowing the 12 yoke of oxen but when, when Elijah come by he saw something greater than what he had at that moment so he burnt that 12 yoke of oxen and said listen I ain't doing this no more. I was never destined to be out here just in the field plowing with a yoke of oxen. When this man come by something was on his life and what's on his life seemingly woke something up inside of me and I must be destined to get with that. My God, I'm hollering because I'm passionate about it. So he pulls him outside of the small place and he begins to talk to him. He begins to talk to him. And he says, listen, now that you're outside, I want you to look at my view. God's got a whole different view than what we have. A lot of times we can only see right here what's in front of us. That's why when you start trying to declare vision and destiny to people that's locked up in small thinking, they look, they look at you like a cattle in a new gate. Why is he talking like this? Why would he be speaking like this? Does he not know where we come? Ain't that Joseph's boy? Didn't we play with him on the baseball team? How can he move in this type of realm of anointing? And their mentality is what shut it down. Listen to me, church. God is not shut down by witchcraft. He's not shut down by demons. Can I talk to you this morning? I don't care if there's five generation wicked witches sitting all up in these chairs. It doesn't shut the gospel down or the anointing down. What shuts the gospel down is the traditions of men and the small mentality of God's people. It's time to raise the standard and believe that all things are possible to them that believe. Cancer leaves to them that believe. Come on, somebody. Blessing overtakes them that believe. And it's time that the church starts believing he said he told Abraham before man can come he must believe that I am listen he told Moses I am that I am come on not I would be not I could be not I used to be I am told you to go there I am everything you need if you need deliverance I am a deliverer if you need blessing I am a blessing my God I feel the Holy Ghost in here Boy, I feel God in this house. I feel God in this house. Boy, I'm I can't even sleep at night. 
I can't even sleep. I got home so fired up, done told my family everything. Scared half of them. So I told one of them, I said, listen, I'm tired. I'm tired of watching the Shetland Pony Show. I'm ready to get to the Kentucky Derby. I'm ready to see the Clydesdales get out one time. Come on, somebody. We don't watch enough pony shows. It's time for the Clydesdales to get out and hook up to something. This is what I'm trying to hang around. All right, calm down. Calm it down. I got to dial it down. First of all, when you grab a mic on Sunday morning and pray in tongues for five minutes, you don't grow a church that way. You don't go to a church growth seminar that says don't do that kind of stuff. But I ain't trying to look at no church growth seminar. I'm trying to look at him. Come on, friend. And I believe this, folk that need God, they ain't worried about if you speaking in tongues, if you got on a Versace suit, or if you got a pair of Wranglers on. They just trying to get to God, friend. And they looking for somebody that can reveal God and show them God. Come on. Oh, my God. Don't, don't, don't help me. I'm, tell, I'm about to run through here, okay? Listen to this. That small thinking and that place where we come from, if we're not careful, that'll become the identity of who we are when that's not who God says we are. So what we have to do is line the thinking process up with who God says we are, not with who our family said we were. See, my dad was named John. They called me Little John. You can look at this. There ain't nothing little about this. Why do you call, I mean, a, a 200 too much pound man? Yeah, you know I quoted it right, didn't I? Little John. Because see, to my family, I'm still little John. But see, here's the deal. You know that the Bible says, for unto us a child is, uh, for unto us a babe is born. A, a, a child is born. And a son is given. That's the same mistake Israel made. When Jesus showed up, they still saw him as... The child born and not the son given. But there's a growing process. Come on, somebody. And there is a graduation day. And what happens is, is people still see you for the way you were instead of who God says you are now. But see, if you still see, you still see little John, all you're going to get is the blessing that little John can give you. <laughs> see, the child born can't change nothing, but the son given can change everything. Gosh, it's good right here. So there's a process. And so what happens is if we're not careful, we, this is the way we preach. We say with the lady with the issue of blood. That wasn't her name. Come on, that wasn't her identity. That was an issue she had in her life. But when she met the king, how many knows that issue dried up in her life? But the people around her still saw her with the lady with the issue. Come on, let me preach right here just a minute. We call him blind Bartimaeus. Blindness was something, an issue that he had. Come on now. But when he met the king, come on, on the road to Jericho, in Mark chapter 10, blindness left his life. But what happens is society still saw him as blind Bartimaeus. But when Bartimaeus saw him, he stood up and remove the beggar coat. I ain't gonna be identified as no beggar, no blind man anymore. When I get to him, he changes everything. Come on, somebody. He changes everything. We still call Thomas a doubter because he doubted one time in his life. Just cause you fell one time doesn't mean you gotta stay there, friend. Get back up again. He's a blesser. He's a forgiver. The Bible says the righteous may fall, but they get up again. I'm not going to be known by the issue in my life. I'm going to be known by what God said. See, they have a hard time computing. 
I mean, golly, how could, how could little John be coming in here telling us this stuff? Because little John done been on a journey. Little John done been... Things have changed. Daniel's son ain't one you can grab and throw against the wall no more. He done hung out with Miyagi. Oh, y'all better get off. I'll quit. I'm bringing it down. I better be, come on, I got to get it nice. Come on, I better quit. See, Danny, you make me do that kind of stuff now. Quit. Listen to this about your dream. This is what I really want to talk about today. We've been talking about the Wright brothers a lot. So I did a little more studying on them. So I said, you gotta, so I said they flew up for 15 seconds. The first flight was 12 seconds. Forgive me. I just got to go back and educate myself. So I'm trying to read about them and study about them. And I can't even go to sleep because it, it, it has nothing to do with a plane, but it has everything about your vision. You understand? I'm going to preach about ministry because that's my vision. That's my dream. Yours could, might be a coffee shop downtown. You with me? Yours may be your business. You're, you're, where you're employed at, seeing it go further. Come on. So you have translated in the world that you're in. And so I thought about this. Now listen. They had a dream of flying. But they had to leave the hometown to see it succeed. And there's a whole lot to do with that. Doesn't mean you got to leave your hometown. But let me tell you what the hometown does. The hometown builds endurance in your life. Because you will serve without any recognition. Jesus had to serve there first. And it is the place of no honor. You're going to have to learn how to do what you do when nobody else believes in you but you. When Martin Luther, who was, he just happened to be the one privileged. Come on, somebody, of nailing the 95 Thesis on the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany. He just, but there was a whole lot of ones that preceded him. John Huff and all these different ones. Whitecliffe and these different ones uh, that, that preceded him. That led up to this point. He just happened to be the one that was privileged to do it. But this is what he said about the message he carried. Martin Luther said that he had to look in the mirror. And preach the message in the mirror. Because nobody else didn't believe him lest he himself forget what God had told him. So this is the process of where the dream starts. And you're going to have to go through the seasons of the night seasons where you're the only one that believe in your dream. Even your own family. Your own family may get behind you for the first few weeks. Come on somebody. They may come to the church for the first three or four weeks, but uh, eventually they're going to taper off and find their own place. So you got to be willing to believe in what God said in the night season. And if we can be faithful to carry it through theirs, there'll be times, and this is what I feel like, you know, I mean, it, it, we, we've summoned a mountain. You feel it. We, we, we can smell the oxygen from that other air. Are you with me now? We have summoned something. And so listen, how many knows this? On the way down, it's a whole lot easier than going on the way up. All right. So in this, the, the, these two brothers, now, now, first of all, listen to this. They're in Dayton, Ohio, and they, they, they own the Wright Brothers Cycle Shop. That's what they do. They build bicycles. Now, here's the thing. People don't mind you building bicycles when everybody else has got a bicycle, but let you have a dream to build something different. I'm talking to us right here. They, 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 they built bicycles, but their passion was not building bicycles. So they turned the second floor of their shop 
as as but they would hold it. They they would have these. They had these wind tunnels set up in there because they were studying aerodynamics. Because they had a dream. Listen, we're not destined to build bikes. We destined to build something else. The world just ain't never seen it. Come on now. And you had everybody in society telling Wilbur and Orville, you can never get nothing in the air because there is a law in effect called gravity that whenever you go up, it's going to pull you back to the ground. But how many knows there is a law that supersedes the law of gravity and it is the law of aerodynamics. And so, first of all, there ain't no plane shop because there's never been a plane. There's never been a plane, so there's no plane shop to go build it. So in other words, they're building, a bi- they're building a plane in a box shop. This is vision. Visionaries and dreamers see things that other folk don't see. Some people just see a building. How many knows we was in here talking about Burwell Street the other night? Have you been down Burwell? They knocking some brick down out of Burwell. Why? Because of what I was told is somebody came from Miami. Do you believe God can change the landscape of our town? He ain't just got to use us. He can summon somebody from the other side of the earth to come in here and build something to bring change. We have to believe it. When we were in Alma, might remember this, I took our whole church down to the industrial park, whole church beside the road. People riding by looking like, what? I'm standing up on top of the industrial park sign out there that says, welcome to Bacon County, the industrial park authority and all this, and I'm pouring oil all over the sign. Why? Because I know to change a city, it's got to translate outside of my church into the marketplace. Some folk in the marketplace has got to be blessed so that they can change something in this city. Boy, I'm about to get ugly. But while I was doing that, see, there was some restaurants trying to come in. And we had men in our town talking about that. They was all at the city. We don't need these restaurants in here because they're going to sell alcohol. Well, what? Well, I'm about to get ugly. Well, why are you going to get in your car then and drive 30 miles and go to a restaurant to eat a steak that sells alcohol? I'm big enough to eat the steak in there, baby, and leave the liquor behind the cabinet. Come on, somebody. I just need some change up in here in these country mindsets I'm battling. I remember when we went to Alma, known as the drug capital. Go, go Google what I'm telling you. 1997, Peter Jennings flew to Alma, Georgia to do a video from, from NBC Dateline or whatever he did it was on, on, on the drug situation. This is what Kathy said. She said, I'm worried about going over there to Alma to pastor. We, I'm 26 years old. I, I'm 26. She said, I'm worried about all the drugs over there. I said, listen to her. I ain't scared of the drug people. I know them. Come on, somebody. I know how they act. What I'm scared of is the church fuck over there because, listen, I ain't coming to this city to build no bicycle. I'm coming to this city to build an aircraft. I know when you drive down, look. I know when you drive down, look at me in that storefront. You look like God. I look like God ain't with me. But I wasn't in there building no bicycle to come bring out and pedal down the street. We was back there building, we slinging parts together because we was building an aircraft behind that thing. Listen, stand. I about one. I just want to headbutt something. Look at this. Now, to build a bike, you got to have tubing. This is all they got. Look at the vision inside these two men. By the way, their vision changed the way the world travels to do business. Travels, it changed the way we do warfare today because of two visionaries. We ain't got to sell the waters to make it over there. Now we got a plane that can fly over there overnight and drop it on and be back here eating breakfast in the morning. But all they had was tubing. Now, don't you think while they was running around with, their, with this bicycle tubing and they said, well, we ain't never seen a bike like that. What kind of bike is that? Well, it's no bike at all. That's no bike. Well, what, what are you guys building? 
We build an airplane. Because what we believe is that the sky don't only just belong to the birds. It belongs to us too. Here's what happens. Church Sunday morning. We need to pray for Orwell and Wilbur. Y'all pray for them. They're crazy. They, they, let a preacher just pray for them because they, they said they was going to build an airplane to get in the sky. I want you to pray for them now because you know as soon as they get up, the law of gravity is going to defeat them. And we go, it's going to kill them. So you're going to have to preach a few. You better get it ready. Go ahead and get your sermon ready. Come on. You know how they do. Huh? Come on. Let's go and get real because this is where I was at Friday night. When they brought the country club, show you how people think. They brought the country club. Guy come in, investor comes in, builds, looks like a rich Carlton in our town, the Blueberry Inn. How many have been in it? Ain't no sissy place. My uncle built that place. Listen, he used one bagley to prophesy it and he used another bagley to build it. Come on. Built that thing. You've been in it, right? You, you, listen to this. Anyhow, so they bring a chef in. A chef going to cook lunch on Sunday. Have prime rib, all these things. Listen to this. You want to tell you what the price it was? $14.99, and they fed the preachers for free. I always pay for mine, by the way. Preacher don't need nothing for free. God's on the cattle of a thousand hills. Here's my, we can't afford to eat down there. But they didn't mind pulling through Dairy Queen, getting a six strip meal, and paying $10.11 for that. It's a mentality. And they, and they fed the kids for like $5. Prime real. You could have ate at the country club cheaper than what you could have ate at Dairy Queen, but because of that small mindset, you never went and enjoyed the blessing of God. Gosh, I <laughs> Listen to this. Now, we had two preachers, two big preachers. We'll put this out on there because I don't give a rip. You know what I'm saying? Listen to this. This is what I told. This is what I told. This is what I told. I said, "Listen, let the haters say something now, cause we ain't in that storefront anymore, baby. Come on now. Listen, we've been building the plane the whole time, Dennis. Come on. We had the plane hid behind the curtain the whole time. Everybody think we gonna ride a bicycle? No, we ain't never preached. We were riding bicycles when we didn't. When we didn't have all the parts on the plane, and when we couldn't afford to buy the tail wing for the plane, we never preached. We was building a bicycle. We've always preached. We building a plane." Y'all with me right here? Tell them if I tell the story right here. Two of the biggest churches. Pastor opened the door for my wife right there. And said, well, here's a cult leader right here coming through the door. So he'd open it every time, wouldn't he? Oh, man, that's it. Lord ain't going to help me right here. This, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what I said. So anyhow, there's one of my family's in that church. He's telling me about, you know, man, we just, he said, we need a revival. We just need a revival. I said, well, book me, January. <laughs> he said, you tear that place up. <laughs> I know how to calm it down. I know who the governor is on. Listen to this. All right, here's the thing. They believed that God said they could fly. Everybody else had a bike. Now, here's the deal. You're going to have to serve. 
you're going to have to serve in that hometown. I served for seven and a half years in my hometown. I preached vision just like I preach here. I took my church to the industrial park and anointed the sign. When I anointed that sign, there was no country club or there was no blueberry inn. But because we believed God could do something different in our city, they didn't, they, and they wanted to sell the golf course, but they wasn't nobody that around that wanted to buy it. But there was a man sitting down in South Florida that wanted to buy it. Not only did he buy it, he brought his whole family up here, and he built them some fine houses out there. And my uncle got to build all of those houses. You just got to understand the blessing that comes with it. Come on, somebody. Do you understand when that comes to a region, it just don't bless the big man. It runs all the way down to the little man. It goes all the way down to the landscaper that's going to put the shrubs in the front yard of that house. It blesses the whole city. But what we come up against is that small mentality of wanting to live in that tent. And he said, Abram, you got to get out of that tent and look the way I see. I got an aerial view. I don't look at just right there in front. I'm seeing. All right. So this, they realize we got to take what we've been building. We got to get it out of here because it ain't never going to happen in Dayton, Ohio because the wind don't get right. So they write a letter to the National Weather Service and they begin to study. And they said, they said, tell us where, we want to, what the winds are and give us a history of what the winds are on the East Coast. Well, they come back, they get the data back. And as they look at the data, they, they begin to see that in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, it stays nearly by gale force winds. Most people are scared of gale force winds. Come on now. Gale force winds might not be nice to stand on the beach, but it's good for getting a heavy plane up in the air. Not only that, the dunes and all that is there will provide a, cu a cushion if we come down. So here's the thing. We've said this, Junior said it Wednesday night, we've been saying this, that the winds we believe, we don't believe, we know, okay? We know and believe that the winds have changed. What wouldn't put an aircraft in the air in Dayton, Ohio, did put one in the air in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. And the whole time is, is, is and that forever changed history in December of 1903. It changed the way we do business today. It changes the way we do warfare. Everything changed because of that vision and dream. Now, here's what I want to go to right here. You, you stay with me. In Genesis chapter 37, let's go here. Genesis chapter 37. I want you to see this. We're almost done. We're getting close, okay? Getting close to the airport. All right. Y'all there in Genesis 37? All right. Look at this. It says, Now Jacob dwelled in the land where his father was a stranger, the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob, Joseph being seven uh, Joseph, being 70 years old, uh, was feeding the flock with his brothers and the, and the lad was with the sons of Bela and the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report to them, to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. 
and he made for him a tunic of many colors. Wait till you get the coat. You see how much he loved them. Come on now. See, everybody cries out for favor, but you got to understand when favor comes, you're going to be hated. You better understand what you're praying for. Let's, let's establish that right now. Now, all this stuff we want to talk about there about, well, I'm blessed and highly favored, that's an absolute lie. We ain't all blessed and highly favored. If everybody was blessed and highly favored, favor would not be unique and it would not be a precious commodity. It don't take rocket science to realize we're not all favored the same in this room. If everything was exceptional, it would not be unique or it would not have a greater value. But everything is not exceptional, right? And so we cry out for the favor, but you remember what the scripture says that Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and she was highly favored by God and she became pregnant. What do you think happened? That favor just changed her life. It changed her life so much that they had to put her in hiding because they didn't want society to see the favor of God on her. Come on. But the scripture says she was highly favored. Now this is the same thing going on in Joseph's life. I'm just gonna preach it here for the time's sake, okay? Now he, he's favored by his father and his father makes him a coat of many colors. Now his brothers don't have the coat. He's got the coat. Boy, that right there. Look, God always blesses us in front of everybody. Come on, somebody. And the blessing that you receive openly in front of everybody is a result of what you've been doing a long time in the secret place when nobody was looking. Are you with me? If someone can, if someone can pray powerfully public, that's because there's a lot of prayer behind closed doors. You with me now? And so... <clears throat> So Joseph is living this highly favored life with his dad. His dad's got him the coat of many colors and he's, he's wearing the jacket. His, all of his brothers see it and they have envy in their heart towards him. And then Joseph, Joseph hangs out with God and God gives him a dream one night. And he goes and tells his brother his dream that I had a dream and that my sheaf rose above all of y'all sheaves and y'all y'all sheaves bowed down to me. And the scripture says that not only were they ticked off at the favor with his jacket, the scripture says they hated him all the more because of his dream. Man, come on, man. If you want to, see, listen, I've been at this a long time and I know the call on my life and it takes everybody, okay? It takes, it takes every church in this community. I'm not knocking anything. I don't knock anything where I come from, but I have to be focused in the lane that God called me into. And what happens when God calls you in a lane that where your sheaf rises, come on somebody, or you believe you're supposed to fly and everybody else rides a bicycle, everybody will try to pull you down to what God has in their life. Listen, but God never destined me to be sitting on that bicycle. He destined me to be in the air. Are you with me now? Listen, I know that I'll need some bicycles to come help me. Are you with me? Now Joseph, he has his dream. And when your dream is different, when your dream is different, you can bet your bottom dollar you're gonna be challenged. Well, he can't do that. Huh? Well, come on, I heard it. Listen, I told this, and I, this is what I was told, told, told sitting there Friday night. I was called to one, one church, a pretty, pretty decent-sized church, okay? Let's just say that they was above 300 on Sunday. And so I get, I get a call, and this guy wants to see me. 
And this is what, this is what it tells me in his office. Lord, putting this on podcast, ain't we? This is what he said. He looked me dead in the eyes and he, he, he closed his door. When he closed his door, I got a sick feeling. I mean, I'm just telling you, I thought I was going to throw up in the floor. And this is what he said. He looked me dead in the eyeballs. And this is what he said. Now, this is a man that started hang, wanted to hang out with me. Water, and I said, I'll tell you where you can meet me at. I pray on every Tuesday morning. I'll be on that altar at 6 a.m. And it showed up. He started showing up. I mean, he's down there praying in tongues just like I was over the city. And so then he wanted to take, I was talking to him about the role of elders and deacons and clergy and presbytery and things like that. He would take his note legal pad out and he'd begin to write or whatever. And so anyhow, he began to write, and, he, he, and this is what he said. He said, I gotta get, he said you got to come to my church. And he said, I'm going to schedule you for a revival because you got to teach this inside our church because this is just different than anything I've ever been taught. But he said, my God, God's all over this. Remember that? So then I'm preaching on, on one Sunday or whatever, and they get, they get a copy of the CD I preach. And I preached about what I said was is that the church has always said that God, God will share his glory with no man. That ain't found in the Bible. It says he won't share his glory with another. That's found in the book of Isaiah. Come on now. We've got to read that book. It says he, won't, he will not share his glory with another because he's already chosen who he's going to share that glory with. And that's found in Psalms 8. When, when the psalmist was praying, when David, the psalmist was recording, he said, he said, um, he said, when I see the heavens above and all, and all of your goodness, he said, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou would visitest him? Come on now. For you have crowned him with what? Glory, honor, and splendor. And you have made him a little lower. The King James renders that angels, which is a very poor translation. It says you have made, you have made him a little lower than Elohim. This is the conversation he heard the angel saying. God, when I look at you and I see all the majesty, what in the world is that down there on the earth? Because it looks just like you walking in the earth. Come on now. God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. So they get that city. So now I'm, I'm setting them fast forwarded, okay? I'm sitting in his office, and this is what I look. He closed the door. When he closed the door, I got a sick feeling. He looks me dead in the eye, and he said, Don't nobody take you serious in this town. Oh. I'm going to tell you the real truth. I cried like a baby when I got my truck. Oh, yeah, I did. But let me tell you how he was interpreting that. What you did was just challenge our bicycle shop, brother. Come on. You just challenged our bicycle shop and all we got is a bunch of 10 speeds around here. And you trying to bring an aircraft in here and we don't understand about the aircraft because we ain't never seen one of those before. Come on now. That's right. And let me interpret that. What he was saying is I'm scared to death of you, man. Come on now. Let's just, let's just go on and get real with it. He said, I'm scared to death of you. But here's the deal. I've seen this over and over. Listen, what, I, what we're trying to do is say this. This window that we're talking about doesn't stay open forever. You understand that? Do you understand that the window when God says come up here, he ain't gonna hang out there for a decade and say, well, you're gonna come. Well, he's expecting you to start climbing the minute he said get up here and jump through the window. The wind is everything. I gotta I got, I got finish right here. I'm so full of this. We go by a place. We go by a place. In 1998, God was shaking this place to the core. 
Buddy, I'm telling you. God was so much on the move. I can tell you this. I know this to be a fact. They put they changed the locks on the prayer room because men was spending the night in the prayer room praying all night. Preach at home. Listen, I was just quit, man. Lord, God ain't gonna help me no more after all this. Preach said, change the locks on the doors. We can't handle we can't handle nobody in here laying in here all night praying. But what happened? This man had never experienced the power of God or nothing. He goes to promise keepers and God changes his life at promise keepers. What happened? He got outside of that tent there and he saw something. He saw the possibility that thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands of men could gather at the mall and seek God together and and figure out how to be a godly man. Come on, somebody to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Come on now. Let's want to talk. We won't talk about the power. This is how we hold the power. Because the kingdom is the issues of the heart. It ain't got nothing to do with on the outside. It has everything to do with the inside. That's why Jesus, before he ever began to teach the kingdom, climbed up on the Beatitudes and he began to teach. And this has got to be your attitude if you want to live inside the kingdom. So his life gets ignited. Laying in the church, praying all night. Now, there's a preacher in there that he's done got outside of his tent too. He's done went into a crazy place and now he's got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he speaks in tongues which blows what their articles of faith says. Now you're in really trouble now because now you done jumped outside the articles of faith. Let me tell you, we got, we got 66 books of articles of faith. Right there they are. I've lived by them, put your life by them, stand on them, it'll be true, listen to me, when everything else is burned up. Gosh, listen, I got to finish. All right, so we go by there. Knowing what God was saying in 1998, I looked to the right, looked to the left, excuse me. There's a statue in an open field. Jesus, now it's a graveyard. Don't tell me the window won't close on you. Don't tell me the wind won't shift. You got to get the plane in the air when the wind's blowing. When we play kick it now, you got to kick it now. You can't be thinking about, well, well am I going to make it or not? You better kick it when God says kick it. Yes, sir. Joseph has got this coat. Now think about it. He starts building and preaching something. That they ain't nobody else ever seen. Now he's hated. Why do you think when Bill Johnson came to Redding, California, in that Assembly of God church, now this is his own testimony, what he said, that they called the Assembly of God headquarters. Did they not say that, Dusty? Every Monday they called him and said, this man is preaching straight heresy. Get somebody down here. Meanwhile, Folks with cancer and terminal diseases were being healed left and right. Cal Pierce, to his own testimony that I heard him speak at a conference, his own testimony was an elder in that church. He had just bought him a nice boat and all he wanted to do was just hang out on his boat. He was done. He was riding it out and he was ticked off that this man was up here preaching about the power of the Holy Spirit. He went to an elders meeting 
one night just because it was his duty and he was going to resign because he was ticked off about the move of God. The same sun that comes down and causes plants to grow will be the same sun that will harden the clay for other folk. You better come on now. My God, this is good right here, ain't it? This This is good. So listen to this. Cal Pierce is standing there and the power of God hits him like a stick of dynamite. Blows him clean up. He's tore up from the floor up. He stands up and says, listen here, I ain't retiring nothing. We'll sail the boat. I'm climbing the mountain again. And he went, but he moved from, from Reading to Spokane, Washington to redig the wells of John G. Lake. And he started the healing rooms that are all across the globe today. Are you with me? Listen to this. And so folk, listen, over 1,000 people left that church in Reading, California. But the way I look at it in 2017, they ain't, they ain't worried about if they can get somebody to come through a seat. Because Bill started, pre, he started, he got in his office this morning at 4.30 in the morning to prepare. And they're going to run about 10 th- services through their day. They go nonstop to get the folks through there. And they touch in the globe. He never came to that church to build a bicycle. We're never destined to build bicycles. We're destined to build aircraft. This room is full of eagles. Listen, when I was with Danny, he showed me a picture of an eagle. And I was like, to be honest with you, until he explained it, then it looked like the eagle was about this tall. And he said, don't get, he said, don't get confused about that eagle. He said, most people come in here and they see this. said, that's a little bitty eagle right there. Look at that. He said, the reason why it looks small because he's at 30,000 feet in the air. Come on, somebody. We got to change the way we think. Come on, somebody. Why can't designer dresses go all over the world from Adel, Georgia? Why can't it happen? Come on, somebody. Why can't there be a bakery in here that just changed the way everything's done? Come on now. Come on now. Why can't there be a Starbucks on Burwell? You think that's just hand, you think that's just destined for Valdosta? Come on now. It takes people believing and seeing things different, prophesying over your community. Come on. Look at somebody. Listen, the Bible says that we who, those that have been changed by God, shall go back and rebuild the always places. That's the call of the apostolic on this house. We look at the dirty. We look at the run down. Everything else been given up on. And we step in there and bring vision. We get the paintbrush out and say, Let let me tell you what God said about this old building. I know it don't look like nothing but a bunch of brick today, but. Oh. Yes. Oh, I'll be done right here. Joseph's getting his coat on. Boy, I about want to break it down real, real, but I don't know if I'm going to break it down like that. So better, better just stick right here. Listen to this. This is good right here, listen to me. We got to get the kitty hawk. And we got to study the wind. And when the wind is right, that's when we're going to put this plane up in the air. And they got all of their vision and they moved it. Moved it to kitty hawk. And I believe, and I, this is just what I told, I told, I told, um, um, I was standing there, and, and he, he's, he's the accountant of this church. He's my CPA, and I told him. I said, let me tell you something. I said, four years ago, I loaded up them plane parts, and I got them out of this storefront. Come on now. And I took them to Adel, and we've been assembling plane parts the whole time I've been here. Everybody else saw a gym that looked like the life had been sucked out of it and the paint wasn't dry. The first thing we did is we come knocking out the front of it. Why didn't we, why didn't we start on the back wall? 
Why didn't I start on the back wall? Why did I change that first? Because that's what you're looking at. And I said, what we're doing is we're cutting the windshield wipers on. The pass going to be the pass. Uh, we putting clear vision right here. This is where we headed. Come on now. There's brand new wood up in there. And there's old wood up in there. And there's middle-aged wood. That means all of us is gelled together up in here. The old and the, that's when you know you're in the move of God. God will do it generational. He don't skip nobody. He gets everybody. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we paint the vision, saying this is where we're going. Where are we going? We're going to the nations. Come on, somebody. I said, what you want to do? All right. So, but here's the thing. Me and Matt, I met Matt. He didn't know nothing but Jason Crabb. Good Lord, I'm going to tear this all this up. Hold on. I might need some help. Listen to this. Hold on. I got it right. I got it. He 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 Jason Crabb fan. I love Jason Crabb too. That's about that's listen to me. That's just where he was at. Remember he had that little hat like Jason Crabb. Remember that? See, but I saw something in him. Listen to me. Listen to me. I saw something on the inside of him. And I said, this man right here, this man right here can get the plane in the air right here for me. Cause I gotta have something. I can't be singing kumbaya. Come on, y'all. That ain't what we called to, okay? I'm just telling you what I'm called to, okay? And if, if, if I'm in the cockpit, that's got to be what you called to. That's, what, that's why you coming here. Why you come to Cornerstone is because you're looking for something different. You're not, you're not minding if we grab the mic and pray five, five minutes in tongues in the spirit. Come on, somebody. You're looking for something different. You don't been around the ice cream shops and tried it. There's just something else don't... It's the way I've always been. Come on, I've always reached further than Alma, Georgia. I was reaching the ready California when I was in Alma, Georgia because I knew there was something greater than I was and I'm going to reach up and touch it till I can get up there to where I was at. I was tired of flying to the same place on the same tree for the last five years. I said, I'm going to reach something that's got some more feathers than I do that can get up another 20 feet in that branch and I'm going to sit here and keep working on this bike till God can put the feathers on my life to get me there. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. But I want to say this right here. Look at Danny. Look at the hell he's endured. Some of it he brought on himself. Let's say it the truth, okay? We, we ain't in here to cry about nothing. Some of it he calls himself. But when you go put a glass tower in the middle of a cornfield, you're going to get, you asking for it right then. When you drew the paint, when you put the plans on the table, you put the bull's eye saying, give it to me. Come on, somebody. But listen here. Can I give you a newsflash? He never built that glass tower for the farmer. Come on, somebody. He was always reaching up for something. He was building it for the executive that you ain't never seen to come down here to the glass tower that'll change our natural born minds up in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. My God, they'd hate on us, wouldn't they, Matt? Let's say it like it was. I took him downtown to the Ford place. Took my plane parts down there. Lady come up. I called her out of my peripheral vision. Now, I'm, I'm easy laid back. You messing with my children, I'm telling you, I'm going to get you. you. That's just bottom line. Anybody will. And that's my son. She walked up there and she told him, she said, can you play I'll fly away? And what can you play out the red back? 
He said, ma'am, I can't play none of that. Remember when he told you in there and that. But I climbed up on that stage and I said, let it be known tonight we didn't come to sing I'll Fly Away. And we didn't come with a red back. We came with a set of jet engines you ain't never laid your eyes up on. Come on, somebody. We ain't flying no prop propeller. We got jet engines on the back of this thing. And when we crank this up, let me tell you something. Every demon 30 miles south of here going to feel the wind blowing off his jet. Boy, I'm tell you, I feel like Dusty Rhodes right now. I'm telling you. Joseph, we ain't never bowing down to you. I got to be finished right here. If you're going to make it, Boy, I heard these parts claim for a long time. Look at John down there. Just look at him. Just look at him. Believing he's going to get an aircraft in there. Well, nobody believe in this town. But buddy, don't you know when they're watching them clips? They probably think, oh, John, we might have should have gave him a little higher seat at the table, boys. That's all right. See, when you sit at the rear of the bus for so long, you don't mind riding at the rear. Because the rear of the bus is what saved me. Because see, at the rear of the bus, ain't nobody but you and God then. When they was opening the door, calling my wife a court leader, I wanted to knock them out, but I just kept on. See, Jesus kept walking. When they wanted to say something, listen, he knew if he defended himself, God wouldn't defend him. Come on, somebody. When all of hell was dancing and prancing around on the third day, they wasn't dancing no more because the rocks were split and the veil of the temple was torn. Come on, somebody. And the king of kings had come up out of that tomb. Hold it. Just hold it for me. The day's right, brother's day. December the 17th, 1903. Today's right, Brother's Day. Now listen. I'm going to finish right here. If you're going to see your dream come to pass, you've got to, be, you've got to be committed to more than just your dream. You've got to be committed to the process of your dream. When you're committed to the process, then you see every hardship as a stepping stone to get to the dream. Everything that life can throw, everything the devil's got in his arsenal, you see it then as a process to put more feathers on the plane. And my sisters, but here's the deal. This is why I told Catherine, I said, my whole family don't know who I am. We've lived in the closet for the last gum 10 to 12. They don't even know who I am. And I said, I can tell you this, I ain't scared no more. I'm, I'm telling them who I am. This ain't little John, baby. Come on, somebody. I said, they, I said Lord, they, they just got the basic thing. There's a whole lot more in the Bible if you read it. Come on, somebody. Just don't just trust what I'm preaching. Get it open and read it. And so... I took a picture of my son yesterday with something he had in his hands, okay? And I sent it. I sent it out. I said, I didn't send that to be bragging. 
But let me tell you this. I'm going to tell you this right here. I'm done. I'm finishing. My dad, hands down, as a builder, would beat anything that I've seen in this county. Now, I ain't just knocking Steve. But I'm telling you this. There ain't a doctor's house that was built over there that my dad didn't do the finished work in it. He wasn't working down there for the farmer. He was working for the physicians in their houses. But the reason why my dad couldn't take his business to the next level to change our lives because of his own thinking and he never believed he was good enough to do it. When a, when a, when a wealthy man's calling you for your work, you're good enough. And if you walk in the room like you're not good enough, you're going to be received as not good enough. A house that my dad built, and I know that storms are funny, okay, so don't just hold this, but I, one of the last houses he built was in Hoboken, Georgia. The tornado come through there, the house to the left was leveled to the ground. The house to the right, the, the roof was gone on the house. The house that my dad built, we went back and put some shingles on it, and she was still riding through the storm. But he was locked here. He was locked in his mindset that I'm not, I'm, I could never be that. I could never be that. I was talking to Jesse and Jesse come this morning. He was telling me his daddy's height. I said, let me tell you something. You're going to blow that number far beyond what your daddy ever reached to. Why? Because this is God. This is how it works. That wasn't the cap. I said, Jesse, that wasn't the cap. That was the vision of the possibility of what's hanging out there. Nobody in this room's in cap. Your employer don't have you cap. Blessing don't come from the north, the south, the east, or the west. The blessing comes from God Almighty. Whoa. You got to be committed to the process. Listen to this. If you get to the destination without the process in your life, listen, you will be unable, you will be unqualified Listen, let me say it like this. If you get to the destination without the process in your life, you will be unqualified to reign over what you have built. But if you can lay in the bed when you can't pay the rent, come on somebody. When you can't go out to eat, come on somebody. When you can't drive the new car, come on somebody. When everything has gone south and you can say, blessed be the name of the Lord for his mercy endures forever. If you can live like that, baby, let me tell you, you can drive the Mercedes and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen to this. We're just going to say what God's doing. How many members? 2006, maybe 2005, Gary Brooks comes, jumps up on the stage, and he names five states. For thus says the Lord, this work shall go to Carolinas, to Alabama, to Florida, Kentucky. Where's the other one? Huh? Huh? Tennessee. Good old Rocket Top. See, I dug this out of Kim Baldry's scrap pile. Tell you what God did in 2017. He built bathtubs. Look at your neighbor and say, bathtubs. Bathtubs hold water. But you got to be faithful to build bathtubs. Come on, somebody. Nice building for Carolina Skiff. Come on, something. Somebody sitting on top of the water.
Come on, somebody. This is the first of many. Come on, somebody. We weren't destined to be a box, baby. We destined to be a place. We done went to Carolina. We believe in God's going to bring every boat maker in the world to Adel, Georgia. And come right there to that man right there. Why? Why? Because when he didn't have no work, he still paid the men. Come on, somebody. How many members when Laura was driving that little red van? Junior, you remember that? Praying, God, don't let it go under. God didn't ever let nothing go under. Come on, somebody. And he brings us out on top. He's a victorious father. He's a good God. Come on. We're in the greatest season of our life, church. We're in the season of overflow, the season of blessing. It's time to get your sails up, knowing that God's going to do everything he said he would do for you. This is what we're going to do. You know why? Hey, listen to me. Let's just do it like this. You remember when you was touching them high places? And we was all having fun. Because <laughs> we didn't think it was going to run out. Huh? But you know what's going to happen this time? We got the men with the wisdom and say, hey, have fun, baby. But now this right here, we're going to put right here. This right here, we're going to put right here. Come on, somebody. This right here, we're going to put right here. And what happens then is we've moved from riches to wealth. And wealth reaches the generations. Riches come overnight, friend. But wealth takes a lifetime to build. And if it can be built in that manner, it will touch generation from generations to come. When Steve's long gone and when we buried him and he's in the by and by, come on somebody. When Asher's grandchildren are walking earth, they're going to remember old granddaddy Steve untapped us right there in Adel, Georgia and look where we're at today. Come on. Raise your hands. I want us to gather around the front right here. Come on. Come on, let's all gather around like family. You better call your neighbor and say, you better get to the house of God, cut bananas off, quit laying out at the Christmas parties. We flying down there. Come on, stay right there. Just stay right there. Hallelujah, God. We're just raising our hands to receive, friend. That's all we got to do. That's all we got to do. Hold your hands like this. Hold your hands like this. We're just receiving, Miss Maydeen. That's all we got to do. That's all we got to do. He's a good, good father. Yes, he is. Father, we just thank you for this season. We just thank you for this season, God. We thank you for this season, God. Father, we just receive right now. We receive every good gift, Father. Every good gift cometh from above. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.